What's up, everybody? Julie's about to burp into the microphone. What's up? This is another episode of my favorite episode of today. We have a return guest and a fan favorite from our Buffy episode. We've got Joey. Julie, what's Joey doing today? I, see, I wanted you to read it because oh, I don't I'm, know how to pronounce the title of this episode. I'll give it a shot. So you still pass it to me. and I <laughs> Season 2, Episode 6 of Community, titled Epidemiology. Woo! Joey, did I pronounce that correctly? I believe that is pronounced correctly. I have no idea what epidemiology means, but... I don't either. My theory... Having heard Kathleen say it hmm. is probably the study of epidemics. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Because every episode of Community is named after a class that you could take, and it usually ties into the theme of the episode. Mm. Well, I fucking loved this episode, Joey. Yeah, great pick. I've never seen this show. I've never heard of it either. You've never heard of Community? No, I don't. Like, I live under a fucking rock. I swear to God, I don't know any shows. It's really unfortunate for me, but I loved it too. Gave me all, like, the spooky vibes I needed. Mm-hmm. I was here for it. Not, yeah. like, obviously, like, spooky, but you know what I mean? Like, the Halloween vibes. No, it, it does a great job of uh, celebrating Halloween and spoofing horror movies. And if you've never seen Community, it's, like, a great intro mm-hmm. episode. Hopefully, you'll keep watching Community, and then you'll, like, rewatch it five more times. And whenever you're at your lowest point in life, you'll watch it again. I mean, that's what I do. Um, (laughs) I watched two or three seasons back when it was live, like, again, like 10, 12 years ago. I have no idea why I fell off. I guess that was like the age where like streaming wasn't really that yeah, much like of a thing. Yeah, stuff, I don't. Yeah. I didn't have Hulu. I don't know if it was on Netflix. I, that's probably why I quit it. So I had to like refresh myself just on the character. Like I, I got all of it. This cast is so good. They've all gone on to do so uh, many amazing things. Like I can't even look at Donald Glover without just being like, especially when he's shirtless later in the episode. I'm just like, this is America. <laughs> we watch that music video so much at my apartment. Like. A shit ton. It always makes me feel bad when I remember that Donald Glover is good at everything. Oh, yeah. And I'm not. <laughs> like when he was just like, I'm going to write comedy. And he was brilliant. And I'm going to be on a TV show. And he was. And I'm going to be a rapper. And he won all these awards. And I'm going to direct a TV show. And now he's like the youngest Golden Globe winner or Emmy winner or probably both. I don't even know. I love him. I love him so much. And if you're listening, Donald Glover, please just come be my best friend. You won't enjoy it, but I will. Oh, he's listening. He listens. He's a fan. Yeah. Another. So Allison Brie is someone who I just started re-loving. Like I loved her because of community. And then I saw her in a bunch of things where she's kind of that same character. And she is kind of like an annoying character in a lot of things, but I love her in sleeping with other people is this movie that she has on Netflix, which I really love. She has a movie called um, horse girl. It's her, it's her movie. She wrote it. And I was like, wow, this is like, I wanted to like it, but I couldn't. But but I listened to her on a podcast on Dax Shepard's podcast, and she is so charming, and I love her. Mm. She's amazing. You didn't think Horse Girl would be good? Well, I would watch anything she made. She's married to Dave Franco in real life. Wow, lucky mm-hmm. gal. Which seems so weird to me, because he seems so Dave Franco. Yeah. Like, the idea that Alison Brie was like, yeah, I could marry that. <laughs> seems like off-kilter. They're story is really cute they both tell it on their armchair experts podcast i'll try and do this really quickly and then we can get into the episode basically they somehow had a mutual friend and they bumped into each other in new orleans 
for Mardi Gras and like just had like this whirlwind like fucking cracked out weekend like literally like hot like coked out <laughs> so fucked up and then they just like he was um there for now you see me and he was kind of on a tour like he was going to um new york and and paris and stuff to promote the movie and he was like do you want to come with me and they have this like whirlwind romance and re- it is the sweetest oh. like i was listening with the biggest smile on my face Aww. they both tell it exactly the same and they're obsessed with each other which i'm like love wow Finding love in New Orleans is pretty wild. Have you ever been to New Orleans? Three times. It's a different world. Yeah. I'm surprised you went back. I feel like I went once and I was like, I'm good. I don't, like, I don't have to ever return here. Julia went to school there. Oh, duh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Duh. That's right. Okay, Joey, back to you. We're going to let you speak. First of all, like Julie, can you explain to um, Donald Glover and the rest of the fans listening what community is all right yeah uh community very basically is a tv show about people in community college and we focus on this group of seven people i'm not going to go through them all but i totally could go through them all um they just happen to all be played by amazing actors and they're supported by more amazing actors so every line just always delivers. It's just this really like nice show about people being with their friends. And I, I think even more than the comedy, it's that sense of friendship that makes you keep going back to the show. It's probably my favorite sitcom of all time. In this episode, is it just staff at this party or is, Tro- hmm. or is Tro- Troy a student? Yeah, maybe you should go through the characters. Because I was like, I didn't know. Like I was like, I'm assuming this person's like, faculty and then at the end troy walks in with like a book bag on so i'm like i guess he's a student like i don't really know like what kind is this like a college campus party that they're at right now or yes so the the wonder of community is there's a wonderful blend of students and faculty it takes place at a community college and they harp on the fact that you can have students who are 70 years old at community college and you can have really weird faculty members the main cast to go through the main cast of Community. So you've got the lead, Jeff Winger, who was a lawyer and lost his job and had to go back to Community College. And he doesn't really like people, but now he's friends with all these weird people. And that's his (laughs) issue, usually. Uh, You have Britta, who is the girl that Jeff is attracted to. And Britta is woke. She's super woke. Mm -hmm. She's so woke that it's annoying. Her whole thing is that like she just never lets you rest. Then there's Annie, who's super smart, played by Alison Brie. There is Shirley, who is a divorced mother, played by Yvette Nicole Brown, um, who does an amazing job. You have Chevy Chase playing Pierce, who is a somewhat racist geriatric who just happens to be friends with these people. And then you have my two favorite characters, probably everyone's favorite characters. You have Troy, played by Donald Glover, who used to be an athlete and is kind of dumb. And then he goes to community college and he meets his new best friend, Abed. And Abed, for all intents and purposes, is on the spectrum and is a super, super nerd. So these are the seven characters that make up the main cast. And like so many other good shows like Buffy or Firefly or even Cheers, really Everything enjoyable about Community is just these characters playing off of each other and getting into wacky adventures. The supporting cast, you have their Spanish teacher, Chang, who (laughs) is just a terrible, terrible man. And you have uh, Jim Rash plays uh, the Dean, 
who is just the Dean. There's no way to describe him. He's just really kooky and weird. And there's a few other supporting characters. Uh, there's a guy dressed as a banana who was in a couple episodes back and Jeff hates him for some reason. There's an old man named Leonard who's just weird. And then there's a, a younger guy that they only call Starburns because his sideburns are shaped like stars. So it's it's almost like The Simpsons is that in that any given episode, you could have like 40 characters. Yep. It's kind of what makes it enjoyable. This episode specifically, since we're in spooky month when this is going to come out, is exactly the kind of Halloween episode I want to watch. Decked out, no matter what, even if they're not talking about Halloween, it still looks Halloween. And yep. and like there's a lot of good ones out here. But this is one of the... I have seen this one before, but again, it was a million years ago. And this was, I swear to God, written specifically for me. <laughs> it's like a Halloween-themed episode to the tracks of ABBA, like just fucking yeah. Mama Mia songs. The entire episode, just so charming, so funny, and exactly what I would like... At the end, when he comes out to Mama Mia, and I'm like, "This is what I would write for myself if yeah. I like if I was doing something heroic, I would put Mama Mia in the background." 100. percent The first, my very first note is that I, the, the very first thing I noticed when I started watching this was that Waterloo was mm-hmm. playing in the background. Like that was the yeah. very first thing, and then obviously you learn about the playlist and like yeah. what it is. But I was like, <laughs> "Great work, love it." It works so well. I would totally see like an entire horror movie just set to ABBA at this point. Literally, it's so good. I thought Waterloo was going to be the only one, and then when you get like, exactly. gimme, 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 and Dancing Queen, I was like, this fucking rocks. Yeah. You've got two huge Mamma Mia fans right I know. Here. You picked a great one for us. But I uh, loved everyone's costumes was funny. The bit about Shirley, you said her name was? I know, I have the cast up because yeah, I'm like, I didn't write up. down anyone's names. The bit about her not being Miss Piggy is so funny <laughs> when she, Allison Breeze just like, good luck, she's not Miss Piggy, good luck. <laughs> I love when Chang comes in and he's just dressed as a figure skater and he keeps asking people who he is and they're like, Michelle Kwan and he's like no I'm Peggy Fleming you're racist (laughs) there's so many things that make me laugh sometimes just the delivery like when the dean is on the phone and it suddenly switches to the government and it's like Greendale Community College and he's like speaking (laughs) and it's just the delivery or when Jeff goes to lock the door like get out and it's locked and he's like um um (laughs) like it's not particularly funny but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It just is. My favorite scene probably in the whole thing if I had to pick, because I had to watch it twice, because again, like these these kinds of episodes are so quick. I couldn't like soak it all in at once. But the whole bit of when they're finally like locked themselves in and the guy in the banana is rattling off the symptoms because he's living them. And then he's like, and the yep. last one, slurred speech. And they're all like, what the fuck? And then, and then when Britta comes in and she's like, you're not special. And then she's like, I got bit 10 minutes ago. Like that whole bit was so chaotic and so good. But I love when Joel McHale's like, I hate you less. That's how much I hate your normal self. Like that's so funny. My favorite bit in that episode is the cat bit. It oh, yeah. Never fails. They They go into a back room and like a cat jumps out and it's like, oh, Oh, it's just a cat. But then it keeps jumping out. (laughs) And I love when Donald Glover screams. He's got that wonderful scream. But when he's like, is someone throwing it? (laughs) 
<laughs> I know my one note said that that was easily for me the funniest scene the cat scene was just like every time it came back like I was just like hysterically mm-hmm. laughing and like laughing harder every single time yeah and it was just like that wild like cat noise like I, I mean I guess it's a meow but like an over-the-top meow <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's classic making fun of horror films being like, great, we're in a dark basement. This is exactly where I want it to be. There's so many like subtle nods to horror, even like little lines they say when Abed's like, I don't want to be that we've got company guy, all the little zombie jokes. It You could tell it was written by people who love horror movies and they absolutely know how to play with the tropes. I don't know how everyone wasn't exactly like, the minute everything started to happen, they're not like zombie outbreak. Everyone's like, there's like something going on. Everyone's turning weird colors and biting people. I'd, I'd immediately, my brain would be like, it's a zombie outbreak. We gotta get yeah. the fuck out of here. I know. We didn't even talk about what the episode's about. We kind of just jumped into it. We're so guilty of doing that. I know. <laughs> we kind of are. Hopefully everybody knows what it's about because this, this is the Halloween episode I watch every year more than any other TV show. The plot is so simple. It's a college Halloween party and people start turning into zombies, which sounds ridiculous, but it isn't. It's community. For those of you who haven't watched Community, this is also kind of what Community was famous for. Like they have a lot of great, funny sitcom episodes, but they would do these homage episodes where they do a movie. They would do an episode that was Goodfellas. They would do an episode that was an action movie or a uh, Star Wars or a Western. And this was their take on a zombie film. And it they just do it so bloody well this this is a must for me it just makes me feel good when i feel like crap you know i love donald glover's costume when he first like goes in and the like sounds it's making and then abed comes in with theirs and whatever but i'm telling you if donald glover came in at me with that costume on he would be getting my number like (laughs) especially doing that dorky thing i don't care like he's getting my number yeah do you agree no, you don't. No, I actually wrote Troy, Troy as a robot equals a thousand percent Matt <laughs> because Matt would do that. Yeah. And then also like go up to my brother Brian and be like, how do you get girls? And like, I don't like I don't get it like that. Like that whole thing was like, I felt like I was watching those two. Well, Joe McHale has that line about like, no, you just don't. I don't remind people of taking their little brother to Comic-Con. And I'm like, you know, people who make fun of Comic-Con have never been to Comic-Con. Because it's fucking fun. Exactly. This episode touches, like, it celebrates nerdom so much because maybe like Matt, growing up, I was a super nerd and there wasn't that many super nerds. Like, I don't know why. I guess it just wasn't a thing yet. Like, I went to the comic book store alone and I went to movies alone and I did all this nerdy costume shit alone. And then in, like, ninth grade, uh, I met a man named Seamus Sullivan, my best friend in the world, who was like my Troy or possibly my Abed, one or the other. And that relationship for me is so real that I am so like, I am so connected to the Troy and Abed relationship. It is like the most important and serious relationship I've ever seen on a TV show as far as I'm concerned. Because like, Marriage is one thing and having a kid is one thing, but you never forget the first person who was like your nerd boyfriend, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. Matt, who's your nerd boyfriend? I mean, I was lucky to have a lot of like nerdy friends early on, but probably Jonathan from Geekscape, I think would be like 
the true nerd boyfriend because mm-hmm. he was the one that like introduced podcasting into my life and was like, you don't read comics anymore. You got to read comics and like got me back into reading comics. And yeah, well, and I do want to because I love this show as well. Um, Abed, I think, is kind of the glue for the whole show, because as the show continues, a lot of the main cast drop off. And in most shows that wouldn't work, but but as long as Abed's there, it still holds together. And part of it is that a big joke in the show, which becomes more and more apparent throughout it, is that Abed is aware that they're on a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes references oh. to breaking the fourth wall more and more as the seasons go on. So much to the point where he's like, oh, we're in a bottle episode. Like, we're all stuck in this room together. We're not getting out of this room until we resolve some deep-seated issues within our group. Like, Oh, shit. That's interesting. I love that. The show also just knew how to, like, use the format. Not only were there jokes, like, in scenes and in dialogue, but if you watched closely enough, like... In one episode, Abed disappears and you don't see him in the foreground. But if you watch the background, he has a whole adventure where he helps a woman like give birth to a baby. And then they reference that in a later episode because they never let anything go. Over three years, they said the, the word Beetlejuice in three different episodes, season one, season two. And when they finally say it again in season three, Beetlejuice walks by in the background. <laughs> There's so much stuff like that. Even from this episode, like so many sitcoms like pick stuff up and then forget about it. Like it's just funny for the episode. But even from this episode, like this episode continues Troy's journey into nerddom from being a jock. It sets up a deeper relationship with Jeff and Britta. And Shirley totally winds up being pregnant. From this episode? Like, for, getting, oh, for getting banged in the bathroom? Shit. <laughs> Again, I watched it a million years ago, and then I have a list on my phone which keeps getting fucking longer and longer. But this one might creep into the top. I added it to the list. But since it's such a 20 minute, I mean, there are this, the first season's like 25 episodes. The second one's 23, something like that. It is a lot. But when they're only 20 minutes, it's you can get through. It fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm definitely going to in 2020 re-binge all or binge all of community because I love that. You just sold that to me. That Beetlejuice joke sold. <laughs> I have like written down some of my favorite jokes. I like I love the Dean. The Dean is so wacky. And I remember the Dean was like. When I was thinking back on when I did watch, the Dean is one of the main things I can remember only because he is so wacky and like his actor is so unique looking and sounding and everything. So I love when his voice messages is going and he says, add Eat, Pray, Love soundtrack to my workout mix. (laughs) So dumb. And I loved the Oscar joke into Chang celebrating the Oscar joke is so funny and i'm gonna i didn't write it down and butcher it but he's basically like six hours what are they watching the oscar what are they hosting the oscars and he just like zing like it's so funny i rewind i rewound it the first time i watched it because i laughed out loud and then on the on the third watch i guess i was like wow that is just still holds up that's still funny so for the opening credits, it was like Halloween themed, which I loved. Did they? Ch- it, they? I'm assuming they only did that for the Halloween episode. Like they don't change it every. No, not every episode. Yeah, they change it every now and then. Like they might have a special, like Valentine's images or whatnot. Yeah, if it's like a holiday special, but it, or something. it's not every time. And it's the yeah. same little hand thing. I used to love those. Yeah, me too. I did them all the time. I really thought that they were telling my future. They do. Poor. They yeah they tell it. Well, I guess yeah. Poor is right. Poor. <laughs> Poor is right. 
I'm living that reality. In the Allison Bree podcast episode I was listening to, Dax kind of brings up Chevy Chase because he's known for being very difficult. Mm. And I feel like his character in the show just is him, maybe. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I think his character might be better than he actually is, despite the fact that Pierce plays an old racist character. Mm -hmm. It at least comes from a place where you're like, I guess I can understand this. Pierce clearly has gone through terrible things in his life and he's had bad influences. But Chevy Chase is apparently just like worse than Pierce. I hate it actually because years later I found out that Chevy Chase just like made community a nightmare for Donald Glover because he was just racist all the time around mm-hmm. Donald Glover, which no one should make Donald Glover sad ever, no. as far as I'm concerned. No, that's a crime. Yeah, there. she was basically said something along the I, It's been a while since I listened to the episode, but something along the lines of being like, it's not like he always meant harm, but he would just be saying things and we'd all have to just be like, because then there was the Dan Harmon stuff too. Like there was a lot mm-hmm. of issues with this. So I was like, that sucks because... There was just something that came out about Charmed where the two main actresses from Charmed like fucking hated each other. And you're like, that is so sad. That makes me be like, I mean, I'm sure the community cast loves each other. Sounds Chevy Chase. But like knowing that the two, because Julia just started watching Charmed and she was like, you should watch it with me. And I'm like, I just found out like two days ago that they hate each other. So it kind of is off putting. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I always hate when you find that out when it's like a, like a couple. Like, imagine if we found out that, like, Peyton and Lucas hated each other. Well, Brooke and Lucas did hate each other. They did? Oh, my God. They were married for a year. We're talking about Chad Michael Murray and Sophia Bush. I didn't know that they were ever married. They got married after season one of One Tree Hill. Like, And then got divorced within nine months. And it was, like, the biggest fucking drama. And fucking Mark Schwann, the showrunner, used to pit them against each other, all the actresses and actors. Like, literally. I did hear horrible things about him. And he, yeah, yeah, he was, like, part of the Me Too movement and everything as well. But he was awful. But I think everyone likes Chad, except, like, Sophia Bush does not talk about it. I also, like, it sucks because not Chevy Chase, obviously, but, like, you like really hype up and like love actors and actresses when you really don't know them and then you find out shitty things about Mm -hmm. them and it just sucks like really bad because in your head you just make up that they're so cool from like their characters like um i mean i heard horrible things about izzy from grace oh Catherine Eagle. yeah so and i it was like before i watched grace so and every time i see her i'm like fuck Catherine Eagle. every time yeah. i just can't i can't like her i don't know like she's a little difficult like i that was the rumors that she's difficult to work with on set but like justin chambers still loved her and there uh, certain people still loved her so it made me just believe that I don't think she's an awful person. I just think she's like maybe a brat to work with, which is different than being a fucking awful person like Chevy Chase. True. Yeah. If it helps, apparently, I mean, just the rest of the community cast loves each other. Yeah. They recently did a table read for uh, charity during the terrible year we're all living through and everyone but Chevy Chase was there, which worked because they did the episode where Chevy Chase dies. <laughs> and <laughs> it's clear that they love each other so much and they're always so friendly and sweet. So if nothing else, like community is like hanging out with all your best friends and that one friend that you all put up with for some reason. Oh, 
Yep. I had two like stupid lines that made me laugh really hard. The one is when Shirley and Chang are in the bathroom together and she says, I'm going to die as Miss Piggy. <laughs> that like made me <laughs> laugh really hard. Well, just because she's like, everyone's like, she's not Miss yeah. Piggy. She's not Miss Piggy. And she's like, I'm just going to die yeah, as Miss Piggy. I'm going to die as Miss Piggy. And then when she's at the party and that like, old man dressed as a pumpkin comes up to her like he's like already a zombie and she's like you better back that pumpkin ass back or i'll make a pie (laughs) i love the stupid line i mean i just love donald glover but the line annie what big hands you have in your face yeah when he turns into a zombie he's like okay i've been bit y'all congrats you do what zombies do yeah (laughs) <laughs> that actually was the other one that like killed me. I'll probably watch this episode again before Halloween time. Totally. Well, I'm I might start Community again before Halloween time, so I will get to it at some point because I'll just blow through them. But I would also like to recommend the season one Community Halloween episode, which doesn't have a crazy plot device or anything. It's just people hanging out at a Halloween party. But that is also a really good one. I usually watch those two back to back. Nice. I'm in. Yeah, that entire scene with Mama Mia playing in the background is so good. I know. We didn't even talk about like why there's a zombie outbreak, quote unquote. It's like ra- they're calling it like rabies and stuff. It's literally because army supply. What is it? Yeah, it's like army surplus food. <laughs> and he's like, you know, on the cover, it's like whiskey, tango, foxtrot, 997. <laughs> I know. Delicious. Sounds delicious. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're like, the taco meat. (laughs) It's delicious taco meat. Like, ew, what the fuck? So besides those two, who's your favorite community character? You can't pick either Troy or Abed. Oh, man. Annie. Oh, nice. She has some wonderful line deliveries throughout the series. Yeah, so definitely Annie. That makes me happy because I want to, I do love her in real life. I just like want to love her more in practice. You should watch Sleeping with Other People. It's a rom-com on Netflix. It's really good. Yeah. I love a good rom-com. She's in so much good stuff. I love uh, Glow is great. Mm, That's on my list. This one didn't have a line that didn't make me laugh. I I know. They pack a lot in tiny stuff. I love the moment where uh, they're trying to get in the door and Chang is trying to close it on them. And then they force their way in and he goes, oh, thank God you guys made it. I love that. That scene in that room is really funny. Every back and forth is hysterical. Yeah. And then, of course, like the very ending where he gets the voicemail from Chang and he's like, I slept with Shirley. Like, I, I don't even know what like the gist of it is. But he's like, Troy's like, why did he call me? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Ooh, question. Um, Abed and Troy, when they first turn zombies, they do a handshake. Do they do that handshake? That's their handshake, I assume. Yeah. All the time. Love That's it. the running gag and, and gimmick. Yeah, I like that even though they're like dead inside zombies that they're not supposed to have any like personal thoughts, assumably. I like that they do that. I like a good handshake. We should have one. We should have one. I'm sure we've uh, I'm sure we've had one. We kind of touched on this a little bit, but the only other big thing that like needs to be stressed about this specific episode that I think is so wild and it says a lot about the show community is like. We've seen like these episodes in TV shows. You know what I mean? Like where it's like almost like an alternate timeline. It doesn't have anything tied to the actual plot. Like it's like, oh, it's just a goofy episode where they all turn into zombies. But like in community, like this is a very real event that actually happened and will be referenced multiple times throughout Mm. the rest of the run of the series. That is in the plot line. It is in the continuity now and it will be referenced time and time again. Hey, remember that time? 
that this happened. Amazing. No, it, it's brilliant. I mean, part of that is because uh, Dan Harmon, who is a piece of shit person, um, but unfortunately is a really good writer. And he he even created this thing that I'm a writer and I know a bunch of writers and we've spent our times hating ourselves. It's called the Dan Harmon Plot Circle. And it's it's basically a little circle that looks like a clock and it has all the rules for telling a story. And he adheres to it in every single episode. And that's part of why, like, community has these arcs and things that they go back and reference because everything has a purpose. Like, he won't write something unless it has a very real effect on the story. And you, so y- people know what that circle like dan Harmon's thing is like so they... you, you can look it up but it's also based off of um if anyone knows uh what the hero's journey is but basically if you like writing or you're a writer the hero's journey is like star wars it's a story that is as old as like time like you could read king arthur story you can watch star wars you could read a comic book and it's like the story it's usually about a a young kid who goes out and he meets an old wizard or his life gets changed by a magic power and then he has to do an amazing task and he comes back to the real world that is i'm probably not doing a great job of explaining it killing it i love it do you use the hero's journey and the dan Harmon plot circle when organizing storylines like when you do online rpg games perhaps for uh, charity or fun. I'm going to be honest and say no. Usually okay. when I design an event, I design it entirely to uh, make people feel a certain way. And I don't care about the plot. Um, <laughs> I was trying to give you a layup to self-promote, but oh, all right, yeah. we'll take the honesty was, instead. Yeah. <laughs> self-promote anyway. I will still happily self-promote. So look, we may not be big on plot, but we're super big on experience. I uh, run a small business called Dark Hills Events. Before the pandemic, we did a bunch of uh, live events, usually horror themed. Now that we're all trapped inside, we have switched to RPGs. Uh, For those of you who don't know what an RPG is, first off, I'm very sorry. Uh, But (laughs) second off, go to darkhillsevents.com or check us out on Facebook uh, once a month. We build a tabletop game off of whatever you want. The fans tell us what they want, and we build it. In the month of September, we built a Silence of the Lambs RPG, and who knows what we'll do for the month of October. And then we bring you guys in and let you play it. You roll some dice, uh, maybe a little bit of Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons. And while I'm on here, I would also like to plug... That October 15th and 16th Creature Feature Weekend, which is a favorite uh, horror convention of mine, is doing a two-night drive-in double feature featuring some great films, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, um, The Lost Boys, uh, and Trick or Treat. Uh, And we, as in Dark Hills events, will be there making things a little bit more immersive. If you like horror, check us out. Love it. Love that. Well, that sounds amazing. The last time on the Buffy episode when you when you were plugging it, it sounded amazing and it sounds amazing now. So everyone go check that out. That is Dark Hills events. Check it out. Hard events. I loved it gonna hurt everybody's ears yeah this um watching this episode and the next episode that we're gonna talk about put me in like such a halloween mood that i went food shopping today and bought the oreos with the orange cream love that because some for some reason they just hit different they do sure they say it's just food coloring but it is (laughs) but is it 
Yeah. They should attempt to make it pumpkin somehow. No. Okay, never mind. For, <laughs> forget I said it. And I'm a big pumpkin girl, but, you know. Forget I said leave it. Leave it. I'm sure there are actually, like, pumpkin spice. There's got it. There's pumpkin spice everything. Mm. They're trying to make, like, pumpkin spice spike seltzers, and I'm like, no, I'm not here for that. I would drink it. You would? Yeah, I fucking would. Hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> We're about to break up. Joey, I love that episode. Let's end it on a song. You, you can, can dance. dance. <laughs> you can jump. Having the time of your life. Ooh, see that girl. Watch that scene. Digging the dancing queen. All right, again, that was Joey. What an episode. Thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. We love having you. (laughs) I'm sure we'll have you for a three-peat at some point. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. We are. I love three-peats. I love just the term. Sure. (laughs) Sure. We got to remember to say that. Okay, so that wraps it up for today. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Joey, for joining us again. It's spooky people. Spooky people. It's spooky season, people. We've been waiting for this since like June. Yes. We started talking about spooky season in June. Mm -hmm. It's here. It's going down. It was 49 degrees this morning. Freezing. Loved it. Perfectly freezing. Tune in next week for another episode of my favorite episode of. Bye. Bye. This has been my favorite episode of. My favorite episode of is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Julie and Kathleen. Check out our show notes for all of our socials and email us at myfavoriteepisodepodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll be back next week with another episode of My Favorite Episode Of. listening to the Geekscape Network.